if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Welcome to a New York Catholic Conversation. My name is Deacon John Catalano, and I am joined by my good friend, my pal from St. Agnes in Rockville Center, Frank Alasia. Frank, how are you doing tonight? Doing okay, Deacon. How's everything? Everything is good. And I think we picked a topic that should be of interest to everyone, ourselves, right? Everybody right. wants to talk about and think about themselves. But really, we want to approach it from the point of view of overcoming self. So why is it worthy of talking about, Frank? Well, I think it's you know, self is really enemy number one. Um, you know, self is what really gets between us and God. We put ourselves ahead of God. We want our will to be done. And every time we commit sin, we're really putting ourselves ahead of God. You know, self-love says God wouldn't want me to do this. He doesn't want me to be miserable while I fast. You know, they, they want advancement and holiness to be filled with like ease, consolation and comfort. You know, they want some kind of reward out of it because of pride. And the saints never thought of it that way. All was done really out of love for God and neighbor. Yeah, I think John Paul II wrote about this several in several different places. He called it the law of the gift. It's the secret to a happy life. And the gift states that as long as I try to be happy, insisting on my time, on my plans, on my way of making myself the center of everything, I will never be happy. It's only when we give of ourselves that we can be happy. Yeah, he, he really uh, spoke about that a lot. As a matter of fact, he got that out of Vatican II, you know. And if we, you know, if we want to become a saint, we, we have to stop thinking about ourselves and start thinking about God and others in every aspect of our lives, right? Not just where it's comfortable. Now, love is measured by what we are willing to give. Are we willing to give our self-will? Many people think that getting what they want is the key to happiness, when in truth, it's wanting what you get. Because God is the author of all things. and He does all things for our sanctification and eternal benefit. Amen. And we have to talk in this topic about the ego, of course, in all of right. us, which is the story of me, right? It's a mental image of who we are. And it always wants to be special. I mean, it needs to be right. It defends and it attacks. Of course, it's driven by fear, the fear that the real self will be discovered or unprotected. So it's a false self, and it lives in the mental definitions of who we are. We may be a doctor or the CEO or a vice president. And when we identify so strongly with these roles, it distracts us from and it obscures the belief that we are children of God, made in the image and likeness of God, who is love. Yeah, and if you think about it. If, if you don't take corrections well, you know, or any hurt, it's a sign that you do have self-love or self-pride. But the ego is protecting, right. defending. Right, right, right. We have to deal with these faults every day and not just think about them. Right. You know, seek to love God. How will God get the most out of me? You know, do do you want to feel good about yourself uh, or do good for God? That's that's the question. Yeah. You know, the old bit. Well, that, that's enough talking about me. What do you think of me? You know, right, exactly. that reminds us that when yeah. we're, you know, when we're consumed with ourselves and we all are guilty of this at times, we fail at the most important component of relationship building 
which is the ability to listen. Right? When you're focused on yourself constantly, you can't hear what other people are saying. No, definitely not. And, and the world wants a God that gives pleasure all the time. But pleasure and happiness, everything is a gift from God who loves us infinitely. And he cannot will what is not best for us. Most people think the good God gives is, is providential, where the saints thought everything he gives us is. I heard a father, Timothy Gallagher, uh, give a sermon, and he talked about St. Zelie Martin, the mother of the little flower. And she was a mother like many of you. She dealt with the same struggles you deal with, you know, raising the children, economic issues, and all the things that mothers struggle with. But when she wrote to her sister-in-law to tell her that she had cancer and would not make it until the year end. Now think about it. She was 46 years old, 45 years old at this time. She said to her, my heart is beating so much that I can hardly write. I think of the pain that this letter will cause you. Here she is the one with the cancer. And can you imagine, you know, you know, how she how she felt she wasn't thinking of herself she was thinking of the pain she was going to cause her sister-in-law i mean if this isn't sanctity with its feet on the ground i don't know what is yeah that's good you know when we look over at other people and i think we're all guilty of this and we say that i'm glad i'm not like them or i wouldn't do that we're comparing and we're judging and that's the sin of pride as we've talked about many times we need to hang on to the virtue of humility, right? By saying, look what Jesus did for me. He washed my feet. He suffered and died for me. Can I be like him in my relationship with my own children or with my spouse? And I think when we're immersed in our own problems, and it seems like a cloud is following you around all day, right? Uh, that's still focusing on yourself. And, and even though the, the, the problems may be completely legitimate and important, um, an antidote is, we've said this again many times, go and visit someone in a nursing home or in a hospital, and it can often lift you out of yourself. Hey, don't ever look at anyone else. You're right. And, and the point about that is, if we didn't have God's grace, there isn't anything that we wouldn't be capable of doing. Jesus will give us the grace we need to accomplish if we live according to his will. So grace is so important because it makes the soul sacred. We become a share in the very life of God himself. And I'm going to give you an analogy. I'll give you an analogy of, of grace. It would be like wax, which was used to seal letters in, in, in olden times, right? And the wax is trivial. But once the seal of the king has left its imprint, the wax is transformed. No longer is it trivial or unimportant. It now carries the king's authority. We're like that. Our souls are like that wax until the Holy Spirit comes to sign and seal it. So that's why it's so important to stay in the state of grace. And, you know, before I wrap it up, I'd just like to say the world is looking more like hell because in hell, all that they think of is themselves. We see that all around us today. You know, everything has become subject to our judgment, not God's natural law. And that's what we have to follow. Yep. And it was John Chrysostom who said, a rich man is not one who has much, but one who gives much. For what he gives away remains forever. Exactly. Beautifully said. 
All right, folks, don't forget to like us and follow us. Send us an email at anycatholicconversation at gmail.com. That's anycatholicconversation at gmail.com. Frank, I love you a lot. I'll talk to you next time, okay? God bless. Thanks, Deacon.